0: This is a totally different podcast episode than I usually do, because here I'm showcasing the amazing people who will be at Freelance Unlocked Conference, the first conference for freelancers that made with love, and it'll take place in Berlin from May 15th to 16th, 2024. And if you are a freelancer in Europe, it's an event, Made for you to learn, exchange experiences, and build your network of great freelancers and experts who move the freelance economy forward. So go to freelanceunlock.com and grab your ticket right away. My name is Yuri, I'm a community builder at CodeControl and I am.Works, and my guest is Tia Robinson, co-founder and CEO of XPath, who has been relocating international talents to Germany since 2012 and who loves providing consulting on best practices in global mobility, immigration compliances, and learning and development to HR, legal and recruitment teams. So, hello, Tia.
1: Hi, Yuri. Thanks for having me.
0: Super happy to have you, super happy to talk to you. And tell me, how did you enter the freelance world?
1: (laughs) Um, I've been in Berlin for 16 years. And my first job here was freelance English teacher. So I uh, come from the world of language training originally, and I taught in some other places before Germany as well. I moved here from Istanbul, where I was also teaching English. And uh, yeah, my first year was pretty wild because I applied for a work permit, got rejected for a work permit. (laughs) It took me six months at least to start earning money as a freelance English teacher in Berlin. And uh, I really made a lot of silly mistakes that year. Uh, And then a few years later, found myself starting my own company to help other freelancers avoid doing all of those really stupid things that I did (laughs) my first year.
0: (laughs) And how did you manage this six months while you were waiting for a work permit?
1: I had savings, um, and I had a free apartment to stay in. And without those two things, I don't think that I would have made it. Um, and I remember being really upset at the time uh, about getting rejected for work, thinking, you know, I've, I've got a degree, I have a job offer, I, you know, did the application, I have savings, I don't understand what the problem is, Germany, what's wrong? Um, I was feeling pretty <laughs> indignant about it. Um yeah now I really understand the situation better and um yeah I just I didn't know what I was doing back then and it wasn't even a language thing because I was with a partner that spoke German mm-hmm. uh it was just not understanding how the rules worked and um I, it didn't even occur to me at the time to go to an immigration lawyer and get help from a professional. It didn't cross my mind. I didn't even really realize that job existed, I guess. Uh, (laughs) That was just muddling through by myself, doing things wrong.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow, immigration lower. I didn't know that too, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the big guns. So (laughs) now today I know a lot better how it works. There are a lot of um, freelancers or companies that do relocation and immigration, like XPath. Can handle, I think, 95% of usual cases for you know freelancers for employees in Germany. But everything tricky, we still would recommend going to an immigration lawyer. You know, if you really get in a legal difficult situation or need some specific legal advice, um, then it is so worth it. It's worth going to a lawyer in a tricky case. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that existed. <laughs>
0: So you are an expert on German immigration. So what are your top three pieces of advice for a freelancer who wants to move to Germany? And for those who are in the Euro- Europe and those who are outside of European Union.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the nice thing is if you're European, you have a lot fewer hurdles to deal with, I would say, because you don't have to deal with the immigration piece of it. Uh, let me answer first for non-European citizens, um, and this includes non-European citizens living in other places in Europe. So, you know, if you're American or living in Poland or France right now and you want to move to Germany, still applies to you as well. Um, I think... My first piece of advice is that you need to bring a lot of savings with you uh it's quite realistic that it's gonna take months to get a work permit even if you've got jobs lined up um right now particularly in berlin but also in other cities like stuttgart and munich and hamburg the immigration offices are so backed up and it is so difficult or really impossible to get an appointment to apply for a permit realistic that it might take six months before someone is able to really start working and earning money. So I think that's important. And, you know, in Germany, you also need to usually pay two months rent towards your apartment deposit. That's also a really big expense you're putting out in the beginning of your stay. So I would really recommend coming with at least six months uh, of savings to live off of, um, firstly. Um, Actually, this piece, I think, goes for Europeans as well, just because, you know, they too are gonna have to pay a big flats deposit. Um, it might take some months before you start getting work to come in. So you don't have to wait around to get a work permit, but it still might not be as fast as people think, mm-hmm. um, or could be more expensive than people think initially. And um yeah, I think another piece of advice that I have for non-European citizens is um, often uh, people come here thinking that they are just going to keep doing their nice overseas job from Germany all the time. Like at least once a week, we get told by an American. Um, I'm American, so I'm allowed to say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a really awesome job uh, with a lot of clients in the U.S. And I'm just going to move to Germany and, and work for them from Germany. And I'm like, no, 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 you're <laughs> not. Because you won't get a work permit for doing that. So Germany is not unfortunately one of those countries with like a digital nomad visa or anything like that. If you've got a bunch of American clients and make a lot of money, Germany doesn't care. They want you to have German clients uh, that you can prove that you've got work lined up here in order to make an argument that you're gonna bring something directly into the local economy. And Mm -hmm. um, just living here and paying taxes is not enough. So you really have to have local clients And that is something that people often don't know. Mm. And so we have to unfortunately sort of crush people's dreams (laughs) that way, at least once a week, just, you know, it's okay. You just have to shift your focus to, okay. I'm going to need to come here and find local clients in order to apply for a permit. So that's some advice more for the non-European citizens. And I, I think the last one maybe for everyone is just to take the bureaucracy side of things seriously because especially Berlin is a place people wind up because they love Berlin. They love the vibe of Berlin. They have friends here. They fell in love with the city. They fell in love with the German. They just happened to get a a gig here and decided to stay. You, You know, there's many different reasons people come. And for many people, freelancing is just, I don't know, a convenient way to, to pick up jobs or it's just what happens. and they don't really look at it as running their own business um and this is fine maybe in the beginning when you're young and you know you pay your taxes and everything is fine but eventually you do need to kind of um look at yourself in a more serious light as actually being a business um and start to look at all of those other pieces that are going to become really important like health insurance pension all the boring stuff um in germany There's quite a lot of red tape that comes along with freelancing. And eventually, if you are doing things in the wrong way or a sloppy way, it catches up with everyone in the end. Um, You know, without being scary about it, uh, eventually you get audited by the finance arm. So you get a tax bill from five years ago. And freelancers are often always shocked to get this, you know, letter in the mail, maybe from the health insurance asking for thousand euros for something that happened three years ago and you're like, what is this? What what's happened? Um, and it's because people didn't look into it, you know, earlier on and mm-hmm. take those things more seriously.
0: As a non-European citizen, I have two questions. First of all, yeah, what like amount of savings you have to have for let's say yeah. six months for let's say one person or for a family with a kid, for example. And the second one is how oh many taxes you have to pay in Germany. Like what is the amount, percentage of your freelance income you have to pay to or in, in taxes yeah. and other expenses?
1: It's really hard to answer off the cuff because it depends so much on how you're earning um, the, the amount of taxes. But I can say a little bit about it. Um, to the first question, it really depends on your lifestyle. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to guess that if you have a thousand euros or less per month, you will be living with a roommate um eating ramen noodles <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer from the spadey. um you're not going to be like going out and having a wild time um i i guess if you have i don't know 15 1600 euros as a single person you probably still have a roommate um but you would have some extra spending money left over however i do not believe that that is enough to really live well in the long term like I definitely don't think that's enough to cover pension health insurance and all of the things that you're gonna want to have set up for like a good life as a freelancer. I mean only like the first six months or something that that's mm-hmm. fine not at all for a family with a kid yeah it, it really depends I think the the largest expense factor is rent and it's really possible if you're directly renting your own apartment, even a small one, Uh, It's always more expensive to get a furnished one would be very typical to pay 1200 euros, 1500 euros, just alone for the apartment every month, um, and not for like a big fancy one, just for something. So I think this really is a lot more expensive than many people realize because for so long Berlin was uh, poor but sexy. Um, I don't (laughs) think it's, it's not a cheap place any longer. Um, Yeah, and about taxes, um, there's a sliding scale between, I think, you know, 7% and like 45% or something like it's quite large. And so it's really going to depend on your earnings, what you might be paying. But um, for sure, what I always recommend to people is there's like freelance tax calculator Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. can just go online, put in, what do you think you would be making and kind of spits out an answer for you. Um, so that's one way you could try to get an estimate on your um, tax payments. Got
0: it. There's
1: another tax called VAT, Umsatzsteuer, uh, as well, that people have to kind of research and think about. It works a bit like a sales tax VAT. It's like a percentage added on top of your services. Yeah. So it's not like income tax that you are are paying on your earnings. It's more something you, you'll add on top of your invoices and then pass on to the government. So that's something else to look into. And then, you know, other sort of official expenses you would want to think about would be uh, what you would be paying into the pension system and the health insurance system, it's going to depend a lot on your situation, like for health insurance, there's public insurance, private insurance, you may or may not be able to get into the public insurance. If you're not Mm -hmm. from the EU, there's a lot of different factors there.
0: Got it. So, okay, not cheap and sexy but expensive mm-hmm. and sexy it's yeah still sexy.
1: expensive and sexy it's still sexy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think so i i really love berlin um and i can't really imagine living somewhere else um what i think i like the most i'm from indiana ohio uh area in the us it's a pretty conservative place pl- pretty traditional place and mm-hmm. still pretty religious place it's the country and um It's not a very diverse or um, open-minded place. And what I love in Berlin is um, I always think I'm not a wild and crazy person, but I love that that's around me. And I love seeing other people, either crazy selves. Like, I I don't know, it just brings me a lot of joy in life and um, also a parent. So I love the idea that, you know, my kid will grow up here and really... If, if they want to do X, Y, Z or yeah. you know identify as this or that, everything is open to them in Berlin and they will feel a lot less you know, shame and restrictions than growing up in Indiana, for example.
0: Yeah, sounds, sounds really nice. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. And mm-hmm. what trends do you see in freelancing? How will it develop in the near future?
1: So um, I was at a really interesting... Two actually, Uh, HR talks last week, meaning uh, networking events for HR people in Berlin, the ones hiring. And um, it was really interesting to me um, to hear that the percentage of people that identify as freelance or contract workers um, is increasing a lot since COVID definitely, I don't know, 25% to 40% or something, and that it's expected to be over 50% of workers um, in the next few years. Yeah. So like in the next five years, um, it'll be over half the working population. To me, this is a really crazy number. So I think I would say to freelancers that are listening, good job, you are ahead of the curve <laughs> of what is happening in the world. Um, and I think this is because companies are needing to be more flexible. Mm-hmm. Working with freelancers lets them control costs better in that, you know, when a big project comes, they're able to scale up, they're able to scale down again more quickly. They're able to look for a particular skill set for like this thing. And, you know, a year down the road, they'll be focused on something a little bit different. And, you know, they've got just a lot more flexibility with their staff um, in working with freelancers. So it definitely seems to be something that will be growing um, and not shrinking And I think it's pretty exciting to see the changes in the last couple of years since COVID. Um, Everything's gotten so much more flexible. Um, I would expect to see a lot more services, services catering to people like you who Mm -hmm. do want to be working from different places. Um, You know, how do you deal with the tax laws in Poland? What if you decide you want to go work for three months from Spain? How does that work? Do you need a visa? Um, just in the last year. So I've seen a couple of companies that are working for freelancers to try to figure out how um, the uh, like workation or working holiday or, you know, traveling around digital nomad lifestyle works from a logistical point of view with taxes and insurance and stuff. So I think we'll see a lot more of those services that support a freelance lifestyle, which makes me happy to see. And the other thing that the HR people would not stop talking about was AI and how it is <laughs> going to change the world of work in general. And um, they were all pretty optimistic that we will not all be replaced by AIs, but that it's going to, um, you know, augment what we can do, automate what we can do, make it work faster, make it work better. Um, and that at the same time, humans will develop into kind of human super skills like resilience and adaptability, things that would be hard for a machine to replicate. Um, and so for me, um, you know, if you haven't yet started to play around with chat GPT, like now is the time to do it, um, you know, just to think about, OK, what can I do already in small ways that lets me do my job faster? I have chat GPT open every day. It's writing all my everything in German that I need to write ever. I can actually speak German pretty well. Uh, but it's much, 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 much faster to write it in English <laughs> and have ChatGPT tell me in German. I uh, programmed ChatGPT to have Tia German writing style, meaning um, when I write in English, uh, I think I write like a native speaker <laughs> with a university degree. My German writing style is like a lot more simple. It has really short sentences and... Um, And yeah, I I trained it using like emails that I wrote in real life. So I think that's pretty cool that it doesn't sound like, you know, when I used to use Google translate to translate stuff into German, it didn't sound as natural. Um, and now I've got my own German writing style. So, you know, little stuff like that, I think, many people are already doing, um, and just to see what neat things are out there is quite interesting. Um, And then to think about how will you position yourself, I would think, you know, okay, what are the things AI won't be able to do so easily? Um, That could be things related to um, emotions, like emotional intelligence, empathy, you know, really listening to a client and understanding their pain points and being able to translate that into something that they need that you can help them set up I think it's still something that will be difficult for an AI to do or things that require really complex communication and collaboration you know between different parties that have to work together on a project Um, I think AI tools will make it easier uh, to do those kind of projects but won't be able to replace like the communication element between people
0: yeah, you know, it's interesting. Many people are talking about AI hey, will take our jobs and all stuff. But for me, it's like, you know, yeah. when cars uh got in the way, they replaced horses, but people are still in the game. So I feel like it's we're pretty yeah. much the same.
1: Yeah. To feel optimistic about <laughs> about the <this> situation. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm not even that into technology as a person. Um, but I think it's fun to play with it. A little bit in simple ways and yeah i read about the different things that it can do yeah just try to play around with it um and and explore i guess and um yeah i'm not deep into the topic of ai or anything like that but but i find it fascinating and i think for people that are very resistant or very scared or very threatened those are the people that are more likely to kind of be left behind the ones that aren't interested in seeing how it can Um, boost or amplify their work results. Those are the ones that that are more at risk, I think.
0: Totally. And as long as there is no Skynet, we're all good. Okay. So, uh, give me a sneak (laughs) peek into what you'll be talking about on the Freelance Unlocked stage.
1: Yeah. So, I will be talking about my specialty area, which is uh, German bureaucracy and um, eight or so different things freelancers do wrong that (laughs) they can avoid by listening to my talk. So that will let us touch on a lot of different topics. I think in one talk like taxes, health insurance, pension, work permits, all that really boring bureaucracy stuff. Um, You know, it's not a exciting topic. However, it is really what sets you up for security, um, you know, for people that want to be working as a freelancer doing this stuff now means you won't be eating cat food when you're 80 you know <laughs> so it's not exciting but it's very important um that's what i will be talking about
0: <laughs> for me it's like uh, the basis for all your freelance and work
1: yeah and again it's different if you're 22 and you're just starting out this is your first year of freelancing or your first year in germany you know it's, go have fun love berlin work, whatever you can pay your taxes, you're going to be fine. But eventually, you know, after a couple of years and you're like, oh yes, okay. This is my profession now. Um, you know, it really pays off to start taking those things seriously and doing some more long-term planning and a lot of freelancers aren't numbers, people finance people, they're creative people. Uh, they love doing projects that inspire them. Um, they're artists, they're language people, um, they're computer people, but not, you know, business planning people. And um, I think you really do have to think about yourself like a tiny business when you're a freelancer. You are legally in Germany, you you are a business by being a freelancer. Um, and I think that this is a big disservice that that people do themselves is not Taking it seriously.
0: You know, for me, it sounds like if you are 22, like go have fun. But if you are 30, remember old age are not that far. (laughs)
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, it's it's Berlin. People don't come here so they can settle down, (laughs) stable life and, you know, buy a house and have four children. I mean, some people do, but Berlin is full of people who are just, you know, enjoying life. And um, yeah, sometimes people are busy doing other things and forget to take the boring stuff seriously. What is
0: one thing every freelancer must do in 2024?
1: I think my number one tip is something that I myself only started doing in the last couple of years and I'm well over 30 (laughs) years old. uh, And that is to do your own pension planning. And uh, I probably sound like your parents and I'm sorry, (laughs) but I... I realize that every piece that I start doing, you know, at the age of 30 makes a huge difference compared to if you start at 35, it makes a huge difference compared to if you start at 40, setting money aside. And I think that we are seeing a trend towards more people doing freelancing for their career, their whole and a company pension and hang into the German Rentenversicherung or pension fund, like your grandparents did that stayed at one job for their whole lives. You know, we we left this type of career and the social system and stability that comes along with it, we've left it behind a little bit or many people are leaving it behind. Um, in Germany, most freelancers aren't obliged to pay into the German public pension system and um, don't think about, okay, what do I need to do as a replacement? so although that again is maybe not the most fun topic ever um I can highly recommend in 2024 even if you're not in a position to start saving for pensions just sitting down for a free meeting with a pension advisor because it's free to meet with a pension broker and just talk about your situation what are you earning what are your end goals you know where do you imagine that you will be retired for me I have this dream of um I'd like to have apartment in Berlin I'd like to have something somewhere warm like Spain or Portugal and you know spend half the year when the weather is terrible uh out of Berlin somewhere nice and that's my like you know kind of retirement plan yeah um you know and and to get there I did have to look at oh my gosh okay I I need to already be saving you know 1500 euros a month maybe is a lot more than the disposable income i had a few years back and i think it really makes people start to think like oh my gosh wow i'm really not earning enough money i need to somehow get from here to here and i think it's quite common you're like cool i have enough money to cover all my expenses i'm living a good life in berlin i can save you know 300 euros a month um 300 euros a month is not enough to retire on Hmm. and I think getting that kind of reality shock um is very good to have because it doesn't mean you have to fix it immediately but it means that you will have a good roadmap of like what you need to do to like every year raise your rates a little bit every year make a decision to you know say no to that one client who's like nice but the rates are like way 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 too low and not even worth it um and you know slowly put yourself in a better picture and that's what i would recommend doing this year and and also recommend uh three companies that i know are doing this type of advice for free and in english um and that is um feather feather's a insurance company they also do pension um Mm -hmm. advising um pension friend they do this as well and horbach expats um they are also like a kind of pension uh brokerage firm and other kinds of insurance too and the way that it works why is it free to meet with a company like that they will earn a commission if you ever would buy a pension insurance through them but you're not obliged to so like Mm -hmm. that first meeting to just collect information is always free and I think yeah an easy first step to do to start to like plan for a good future for yourself.
0: It sounds like like, it's good to go to each of those companies to collect even more information.
1: (laughs) I have I did get many, many, many um, different ideas for Americans in particular. It's not really possible to invest in Germany, as I Mm -hmm. learned over many years. Americans are usually blocked from uh, investing in any kind of ETFs because of the tax reporting the companies would have to do to the US government. So they just don't take American clients often. It's a mess. Anyway, uh, so I've met with a lot of people (laughs) in my 16 years in Germany. And I think it's also one of those things that is so personalized that you can't just like read some blog article about it and be like, cool, that's what I'll do. Like it really pays off to compare some different ideas. Think about where do you wanna be in the world when you retire? Will will you ever retire? Maybe you will want to still be 75 and working. Um, who knows? I actually know many people that say that they really never want to retire. Retire. They will work as long as they can because they like working, which I think is also so different from, you know, I look at my dad or grandpa who are very happy to retire at 65, <laughs> um, you know, after doing their boring job for 50 years, Yeah. you know, and yeah. I, I don't think that will be me either.
0: Got it. In OTI, you definitely go into Freelance Unlocked, but if you were inviting your friend to join the mm. conference, what would you say to them?
1: Mm. We are always stronger in numbers, and that it really pays off to have a very strong network of people because this is really how you hear about projects. You hear about, you know, is your rate too cheap? You hear about who's a good client or a bad client, maybe to work for. You get ideas of, you know, you meet someone interesting and then you can go be on their podcast or, you know, all of this type of collaboration doesn't just jump into your inbox. You you really will do yourself um, a lot of favors as well, just meeting people. And I, that's what I love about events like that is just going meeting as many people as I can, listening to, you know, different talks and getting ideas and I feel like I always come away from events like that with a lot of different notes. Um, And then, you know, for the next two or three weeks, I'm so full of, you know, people to reach out to, people to meet with coffee, uh, for coffee and ask them about, what do you think is going on in the market, um, you know, for us, the job market. Um, Yeah, so that's what what I would say, come meet people.
0: Got it. And before the conference, what is the best way to connect with you?
1: Um, you can reach me at hello at xpath.com. It's mm-hmm. um, xpath with the H, E X P A T H. Uh, or also the website is www.xpath.com.
0: Got it. Tia, thank you so much for sharing your amazing yeah. wisdom even before the conference itself. And I can't <laughs> wait to learn even more from you on Freelance Unlocked. And yeah, awesome. see you very soon in person.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. See you soon.
0: <laughs> and for those who listen to this episode, I hope you follow Tia's advice, implement it and send her in person at the Freelance Unlocked conference on May 15th, 16th in Berlin. So go to freelanceunlocked.com, grab your ticket and meet you there.